is a prayer that was written by an infamous 16th century British sailor named Sir Francis Drake. Yes, that's right. He's not famous. He's infamous. He's not a saint. Francis Drake was a talented seaman, one of the first to circumnavigate the globe. I was curious about him when I read a prayer about him that he had written many years ago, of course, 16th century. So I looked him up, expecting to read about a pious man replete with a halo. As it turns out, not so much. You wouldn't want this guy at your dinner party. In addition to his sea skills, he was a pirate, especially around Spain, a slave trader, and he was vehemently anti-Catholic. Where he went, trouble seemed to follow, but still, he wrote an inspiring prayer that is pertinent in light of our readings this weekend that might also speak to the fact that the Lord wasn't finished with him yet, still at work in his life. The, the prayer reads, Disturb us, Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we dreamed too little, when we arrived safely because we sailed too close and safely to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we've lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. So disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wilder seas where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back on us the horizons of our hopes and to push back the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. This we ask in the name of our captain, who is Jesus Christ. Amen. This Sunday is about God pushing back. It's about God disturbing us when we are too comfortable on the seas of life. Comfort, after all, sometimes leads to complacency about God and his will in our lives, leaving the world and our salvation at peril. Many of the Old Testament prophets were simply politically correct. They didn't want God to disturb them. Instead of listening for and speaking the will of God to others, they simply put their finger in the air to see where the wind was blowing. And they went along with the crowd, hardly prophetic, more like a cheap fortune teller that tells you exactly what you want to hear. So when the true prophet, Jeremiah, came along and spoke the truth, he was persecuted horribly throughout his life. Around the year 587 B.C., the city of Jerusalem was besieged by King Nebuchadnezzar, and the people were suffering. They were hungry. Many were injured. Many were dead, as the people lived in a war zone during an unwinnable war. So Jeremiah was the lone voice that put pressure on King Zedekiah to surrender, so as to stop the suffering of the people. This wasn't politically correct at all, an insult to the king and to his army. And the more the king and his followers tried to silence him, Jeremiah shouted out all the louder. And finally, Jeremiah was dropped into a muddy well and left there to die. Thankfully, he was just, as we just heard in our first reading today, a courageous Ethiopian, Abed-Melech, told the king that silencing the prophet was wrong. It was wrong. And he must have been forceful in his speech as the king relented 
and Jeremiah was rescued from the mud. This kind of tension wasn't an isolated event in Jeremiah's life. He was constantly at odds with power for speaking the truth. In Jeremiah 20, he's at odds with the priest. And in Jeremiah 28, he's duking it out with false prophets. And many would think because he did this, that he got what he deserved. But Jeremiah was not a glutton for punishment. He wanted to desperately to get along and to live in peace. But as a man of deep prayer and faith, when he tried to do so, a conflict welled up within him. In Jeremiah 20, he said, I would say to myself, I will not be, be, talk about him. I will not think about him. I will not speak in his name anymore. But then there seemed to be a fire burning in my heart, imprisoned in my bones. The effort to restrain it wearied me. I could not do it. That fire is the same fire that Jesus talks about in our gospel today. A spirit-driven conviction that I must say something in the face of evil. I must say something in the face of evil. Conversely, if I experience no interconflict because I've decided to get along, not be disturbed, even that when I know falsehood has been enshrined as the truth, it is then that we must pray that prayer, disturb us, Lord. When we listen to the Holy Spirit like Jeremiah, we'll often be at odds with others, people that we love, family members, friends, neighbors, and co-workers who wish not to be disturbed. But it is our duty to uphold the rights of the poor, promote peace and justice, defend the rights, for example, of the unborn, and think with a logical, moral compass in this very illogical time. Be ready for name-calling, and maybe within our lifetime, violence against us. Many get canceled. Ask Jeremiah and so many saints in our family tree that have died as martyrs. For example, if today was a weekday, we would be honoring the Franciscan Maximilian Kolbe, who died in the Auschwitz concentration camp. And he once said that the most deadly poison of our time is indifference in the face of evil. Yes, in responding to the prophet's call of our baptism, we will experience pain and suffering as did Jeremiah. But we'll also receive the consolation of God and eternity with him. So disturb me, Lord, when I think the world is all right as it is. You know, I once had a friend that was so much of a wide-eyed optimist that he was blind to evil in our world. He told me once that he believed that because of human advancement, that life would just get better and better and better. You know, I consider myself to be an optimistic person, but his naivete about what was going on in the world, frankly, just got on my nerves. Look around you, I would say. But somehow he would find a way to absolve the worst of the sins of our time, a mentality that has reached epidemic proportions. Look the other way. Yes, not, can't get involved. I've lost track of that friend, actually. He got mad at me when I challenged him about a moral teaching of the church, and he left our parish. And I pray for him and wonder what he thinks about our modern day. Are we getting better and better and better with the constant infighting, division, and the degradation of the human person as we have strayed so far away from God? Don't get me wrong. There is good news to share in Jesus Christ but there is so much that we must do to make the world as God intends. 
So Jeremiah disturbed the complacent and comfortable in his day. Jesus disturbed the people of his time with language of fire and conflict in the pursuit of truth. Are we called to disturb people in our own day? This isn't just an open-ended question because the answer is yes. Are we in need of a little disturbance ourselves, most likely? Yes. So let us pray that the Lord will disturb us and our false sense of security so that we might focus our attention more passionately on the person and our Savior, Jesus Christ, his gospel, and the world that he envisioned.